The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the views of the Global Liberty Alliance, its network, sponsors, donors, or broadcast platforms. The Global Liberty Alliance provides this podcast for informational purposes. Freedom of speech is a fundamental right and essential for free societies to prosper. Thank you for listening and supporting the mission of the Global Liberty Alliance, dedicated to strengthening and defending fundamental individual rights, free markets, and the rule of law. And welcome, fellow Liberty Warriors. This is Jason Koblet with the Global Liberty Alliance coming to you again. This time we are still in Florida. We're in Central Florida this time, although we have our headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. We're coming to you from this free state of Florida with a very special guest, someone who I first saw on Sean Hannity a while ago. And I said, someday I had to meet her, Shivan Fleet. She's a freedom education ambassador. She's a she really is a liberty warrior. And we're going to hear all about her story, not just in Virginia, because I think she was one of the early Loudoun County moms who were pushing back against critical race theory. But more importantly, her trajectory there, this remarkable woman spent 20 years or so living in communist China. I want you all to hear her story. Uh, there's a lot here that we share in common. Uh, my family is from communist Cuba, but unlike her, I wasn't born in communist Cuba. My parents left in the late 50s, early 60s, but a lot of what she talks about, everything, I grew up listening to these stories, the indoctrination, the deprogramming, the reprogramming, and it's something that it's needs, it needs to be talked about. People here in America have to hear this, so she... Thank you so much for joining us today. How, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And thank you so much for finding me and inviting me to your uh, <laughs> program. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I'm very grateful. I just want to um, really spread the message. And the message is we are in deep trouble. Deep trouble. Yeah, you, you've been talking a lot about this and bravely talking about it. And we're going to jump into what's happening in America because I agree with you, it's very deep trouble. And it's almost like people need to be reprogrammed in how they think and how they view the world and how they view politics, especially in America. But before we get to that, for anyone, assume whoever's listening to this has never heard your story. Can you share with us briefly how you came to America, your, your, your heroic flight as an immigrant from China? What was that like living in Mao's Marxist cultural revolution? Yes, I um, I was seven when the Cultural Revolution started in China, and uh, it lasted ten years. And that ten years was my education in Mao's government schools. And uh, so I got I learned very little, which is just like what's going on in today's uh, American public schools. <laughs> and I got uh, a mind full of indoctrination, and uh, so. After I graduated from high school, I was 16. And what waited for me is one, is, is just one choice. There's no other way to go to the countryside to continue my re-education by working in the field alongside with the peasants. 
So at age of 16, I went to the countryside and uh, stayed there for uh, three years before wow. Mao died. Wow. And then Deng Xiaoping, his successor, um, decided to uh, to um, restore the uh, um, college examination system. So before you, you were sent to college because your political uh, performance, you know, you're su supposed to be um, a good activist and, uh, and and nothing to do with academic uh, ability. So, but uh, um, at, I think it's 1978, hmm. I was able to take the examination and I went to college and uh, studied English. And after that, I was given a job to teach at a teacher's training uh, college. And uh, I met American, a very special uh, American who came to teach English in my school. And she helped me to get um, assistantship to go to Western Kentucky University. Wow. And so in 1986, after the day after Thanksgiving, I will never ever forget. And I went to the embassy and I got my visa. Wow. And that was, uh, you know, 30 some, uh, some years ago. So, and I, I I just want to say a little bit about uh, uh, what happened to me afterwards. I thought, okay, all my trouble is behind me. I come to this land of the uh, freedom, you know, what can go wrong? Nothing can go wrong. The freedom <laughs> is just there for me to enjoy, right? And I enjoyed it. I absolutely did. I got my degree in uh, graduate study, and uh, and uh, I got married to a very, very wonderful man. And uh, um, I had a family. I had a job and a career and a house. Hmm. What can go wrong? What can go wrong? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But, let, let, um, let, let, let me ask you a question before we jump onto that section, you know, because yeah. my, my mom in Cuba explained to people what going to the countryside was all about because my mother in communist Cuba, she was 15 years old. She, I don't know if you're going to, this, this is a, hearing your story is just so remarkable. They took wow. her away from my mother, my grandmother, and they took her to the countryside and they were forcing these young people to teach the poor peasants how to read and how to do things, but they stuck everybody in a big tent to live together. They destroyed the family unit. How did they do that in China? Was it the same thing? Oh, yes, yes. Um, uh, I know what you're talking about. It's the literacy campaign. Exactly, yes. mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, well, what we uh, happened to me is that I basically uh, just went to live with the pe uh, peasants doing the most primitive work. So don't think about the countryside in America, beautiful, you know, whatever farms. Oh, no, okay. it's just <laughs> primitive work. Um, but anyway, so I started to see troubling sign here. Um, I would say, you know, probably 15 years ago, a little by little, and I tried to brush it aside. And, uh, and uh, well, you know what? 2020 became the turning point. Oh, I boy. could not brush aside anymore. It is not just alarming sign it is a full-blowing marxist revolution hmm. and it is the cultural revolution that i witnessed and experienced in uh, china when i was uh, a schoolgirl. so i just feel like uh, i have to 
I have to step uh, step up. I have to defend the freedom. The freedom is not there forever. If we don't defend it, it will go away. So that's uh, what so, made me decide to so, join the uh, parent uh, army of parents and went to school board. So who in who in uh, we're going to talk about that great battle in Loudoun County and what you all did there because I think Virginia was ground zero thanks to you all uh, jumping into the critical race theory fight uh, when. I've heard you come, you talk about this before, where you talk about in China, it was about class. In America, it's about race. It was wokeness was decided on by party leaders, and and the Communist Party would basically decide what would be woke, what would be acceptable. You called it red and black. Can you explain that to to listeners? You know how how the parallels that you saw in 2020, where you said, "Okay, enough, we're going to jump yes. in." Yes. Um. In China, when I was little, and there were two camps, um, and it's red and black, and that started in 1949. And since 1949, every Chinese person has a label, hmm. and it's a political label. And the label is uh, either black or white, uh, no, black or red. Black means you are from a land-owning family. Hmm. Landowning families basically all property, rich, all rich people, right? You have property. Rich people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The haves. The haves are the enemy of the state. And hmm. they are the enemy. So they are labeled as black class. And hmm. red are the allies of the revolution. And those are the uh, you know, the good ones. So in the beginning it was down by class. And then you have property, you become a landowner, you very likely, you got, you, 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 all your uh, property was taken away, but um, uh, some uh, landowners were executed. And then pretty soon China become a class less um, society because everyone just, no one own anything. Mm. Um, but um, they have to go on with this division. This whole thing is about divide people. So what they do is, um, if you are children of the used to be haves, you become the black class. So you you, you know the the property is all taking land or taking. But if you are born into a family that used to own property, black class, and that's still not enough. Because uh, how many S small one uh, percent, just like uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, only that one to five percent of the people have anything back then. So they need more. Um, so then they become anyone who did not think the way they should think. They ended up in the black class, hmm. and that include the rightist. You can only be on the left. Be hmm. on the right is a death sentence. You become the black class. And so, and then the uh, counter-revolutionary, which is today's uh, uh, racist. Anyone can be a counter-revolutionary. If you think a wrong way, you become the right uh, black class. So growing up, like a little kid, we know who's black kid, who is red kid, and we're supposed to hate those who are from the black class. And when I saw this black and white division, the race, uh, critical race theory, I said, it is absolutely the same thing. Hmm. 
of course, they would uh, um, uh, uh, they, uh, they would race because that is more potent in the country like America. And it, it's just the uh, variation of the same Marxist thing. Let me That's ask why you, I just uh, Let me ask yeah. you, so do, would you agree that they've uh, been in China? Well, before I ask you that question, what do you tell people, for example, Oh, and this has happened to me all the time, you know, sometimes when I talk about communist China. Oh, but Jason, look at China, how wealthy it is, and look how great they're doing. They're not really communist. That's communism light. They don't do communism in China. That's just the party people, not the not everybody else. What do you tell people when you when 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 they tell you that? I know it is a very uh, um, uh, interesting question. And uh, that was uh, a lot a lot of people hold that view. And so Cultural revolutions uh, ended with Mao's death in 1976. Right. Okay, at that time, China is totally in total ruins. We are all we all live in extreme poverty. There's no economy, and uh, um, so it's a matter of uh, survival. If they really want to survive, they have to do something different. And that's when the reformer uh, Deng Xiaoping took power, and he decided to open up China. And and then um, Jiang Zemin, the leader just who just died on right. a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. he was the one succeeded in uh, uh, deceiving the West that they will have political reform there. They were bringing democracy, so he got into mm. World Trade Organization. And that's when all the uh, when China opened it up, when the Western uh, investment and the money poured in in China for the uh, cheap labor, right? Right. And so a lot of young people um, did not really get to see the real communism. Just one minute. Yeah. So it's kind of happening now. The real communist yeah. is coming out with Xi and company. It's getting much yes. more intense. But then there was so much corruption. The corruptions come to the, the point that it's threatened the, the power of the, uh, um, the CCP. And uh, that was uh, before Xi Jinping took over. And he took over in the names of anti-corruption. And, uh, and he did do a lot of, uh, get rid of a lot of corrupted officials. And people were cheering. People were just like, "Okay, yeah, um, we're we're going to get rid of the corruption." But soon enough, they found out all those corrupted officials are his political enemies. So soon enough, he secured his power, and he want to go back to uh, the old way, the uh, uh, Mao style Mao communism. Style. Yeah, so. For the long time, the young people were re-indoctrinated uh, by the new style uh, communism. But the uh, Xi Jinping's extreme uh, COVID policy really, really did one thing, unbelievable. The, it woke up the young people, the, uh, the college kids especially. During the, uh, the protest, where well, a lot of people protest because they just want to uh, stop the lockdown. But those young people, they were asking for something different that never, ever happened 
in the uh, uh, in, in the history of communist rule, they asked for communists to step down. Yes. CCP mm. to step down. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's 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 extraordinary, and I think China has uh, a long road ahead. They're beautiful people for sure. They're wonderful culture, but let me tell you, the Communist Party, to me, it's pure evil, and um, it's not just in China; it's all over the world. And coming back to Virginia, let's talk a little bit about Virginia critical race theory. For those of you who don't know what that is, uh, it's a very divisive ideology. It's been in our government schools. You know, I don't call public schools public schools; they're government schools and government doctors. Yeah, indoctrination center. So just yes. because we're not in communist China or communist Cuba or communist Venezuela doesn't mean we don't have government run any. We have a lot of government run stuff here and schools, a lot of public schools. That's what they are. Government run indoctrination centers and critical race theory. The left says doesn't exist. In fact, they make fun of us when we talk about that sort of thing. And it's very divisive. It's happening all over the country, schools, institutions, even corporate America. We have critical race theory. And it's come yeah. out in the open. When Trump won, it wasn't called critical race theory. It was called something else. But now we have a name for it, a label. In Virginia, a group of parents, and we're talking to Sheev and Fleet out in Loudoun County, Virginia, about her battles for liberty. Uh, she's a liberty warrior. And, uh, Thank you. <laughs> she, she, she's gonna, she's the, the sort of liberty warrior that we need. The, why we're doing this podcast, we need more people to listen to this story, learn from this story, and act and put what she did in action. Because this brave mom, along with a bunch of other moms, told Loudoun County Public Schools, enough, enough of this indoctrination of our kids and our institutions. How? So you said in 2020, you told us, you that's when you said you had enough of that. That was your turning yeah. point. Tell us a little bit about how you had that turning point and why you went and gave that speech. Yeah, so... In I said a little bit already, you know, I just feel like this is absolute full-blowing Marxist revolution. That's exactly what's going on in America. Um, the uh, um, the indoctrination is just only part of it. I tell everyone um, that the infiltration of communism in America is complete. It is everywhere. It's in our schools, in our um um, higher education, in government, even in the military, right? We see that. The, uh, so, I so, 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 so I interrupt you. What you just said was such a big statement. I want you to repeat that. You said, yes. you said the penetration of the internationalists, the communists in America is complete? It's complete. There is no place that it, 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 it's not, that hasn't been infiltrated. I tell you why. Why? Because this thing called um, uh, institution through a uh, long march through the long institution. march through institution. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, what that means is uh, the uh, the uh, Marxist, or you can say the American communists, or the communists in the West. They are always trying to take down America. And uh, they know that uh, it is difficult to have, uh, you know, a, a real revolution like uh, the old style revolution through uh, through violence. What they have been been doing is they're very patient. They go the long way. So it is uh, as early as the 30s 
they started to infiltrate That's higher right. education. That's right. They and uh, so we have you know by now people probably heard about Frankfurt schools. Mm -hmm. Those are the Marxists that have uh, uh, really started taking control of our higher education in early uh, in the thirties, uh, and they have been producing Marxist for decades. Why they are so successful in infiltration? Because all the people that they uh, they have trained, they produced, are now in key positions of all our institutions, from corporations to government to churches, everywhere. We are. I I I would say, infiltration probably is a, a too uh, gentle a word. It's taken over. I think the takeover of our institution is complete. You know, it's funny you say that, the, the timing of that, it reminds me, it's not funny at all, by the way, folks. It's just, I hear this, I'm smiling, I'm, I'm listening to her speak, and it's everything she's saying. Um, it's It's been right there in the open. In fact, in the 1950s, there was a book that was published in 1952, which I keep a copy of it close by. I've read it several times. It's called uh, Witness by Whitaker Chambers. And Whitaker Chambers, I'm sure uh, she knows all about Whitaker Chambers, where he was an American journalist who denounced his communist spying and became part of the conservative movement during the 1950s. And this guy wrote a phenomenal book. It's a treatise. I think he's a national hero. Ronald Reagan honored him. Uh, you can visit his farm out in Westminster, Maryland. It's a phenomenal uh, property. And... This man under subpoena, he testified in what became the Alger Hiss espionage trial and became an outspoken anti-communist. He talks all about this. He talks about the long march. He talks about the godless communist system, the cells. So everything she's talking about, it's been out there for and there's many other authors, too, who've written about this. But I know the the uh, the, uh, the things that what they have been doing is gradual. They're very patient. You have to give them credit. Yes, They're very yeah, patient. They, and, and that's the perfect uh, expression is the uh, the boiling frog, mm. right? So, so we are in the pot, we're being cooked. We did not know because the water is just, uh, they, they turn the heat on just gradually. And we thought we were in the warm jacuzzi. And that <laughs> has been going on for decades until Trump. Trump upset this whole Thing. And then they, they, they panic. They panic by turning the heat too fast and too high. And now people start to realize, and including me, and oh no, we are really in a cooking pot. And that's when people wake up. So thank God, without Trump, we probably still, still, you know, just, just, in that pot and enjoying that warm so, water until it's too late. You, you know, it's, it's a great it's a great comparison. Let, let me ask you something. You said something to the Virginia, um, it was in Loudoun County. We're going to put a link to this for those of you who haven't seen it. I can't believe if you haven't seen it, but anybody who hasn't seen it, we're going to give a link uh, so people can watch uh, her first talk in Loudoun County High School in 2000. Um, it was 2021 when you did that. They, you, you said during that time, to me, a lot, and to many Chinese Americans, 
you actually said it was heartbreaking that you escaped communism. And you actually said, and this, and this is, I remember this like it was yesterday. You said, now we experience communism here in America. That's that, absolutely that... true. That's absolutely true. Now, uh, after seeing that people's, uh, the uh, Chinese people struggle to uh, um, uh, for their freedom, the freedom to live, the freedom to not be locked down and starved to death in their own homes, right? And a lot of uh, uh, good-willed Americans ask me, what can we do? What can we do to help the Americans, uh, to, to help the Chinese? I tell them, the best we can do is secure our freedom because America is no longer a free country. So many people still don't realize it. Only when we are free, can we defend the freedom in the uh, uh, in the world? Amen. And so people in China have to hold a blank piece of paper to show that there's so many things they can say, but they cannot as a, um, as a protest against the government censorship. How about here? Here, probably we can still say things, and but no one can hear it, right? Because Twitter censored us, the uh, the uh, the social media censored us, and then the uh, the uh, uh, mainstream media they don't they 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 suppress our voice as well. So we no longer free. We're just a little bit freer than China, and now, so you know you 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 you're making. There's a lot of questions I want to ask you. One of them, the because you're you're. A lot of what you're saying, a lot of our listeners the, may not understand it. Some of our older listeners will understand it. And break down for us when you were talking about, and it, it, it's a great parallel to America, folks. I mean, I was in Virginia during the pandemic. I'm going to take a little, take tell a little story. My offices are, are right there in Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia. And I know she has been there before in Old Town. And we had a yeah. statue there of a Confederate soldier. Uh, that was uh, on private property. It was on county property, but it was uh, city property, but it was a private entity's uh, monument of a soldier looking out to the battlefield as they were going off to war. And during the pandemic, they took it down. Nobody was yeah. protesting it there. They took it down. It was part of the bigger battle of the statues. I never supported taking down any statues. Any country that removes their history is only asking for trouble. And it's exactly what the left wanted them to do it. And before the CRT thing blew up, there was all this statue removal going on. You talk about this in a very elegant way. You say the old ideas, the old traditions, the old habits, and the old custom, how they basically were canceling all traditional Chinese culture. So basically, you talk about how the Red Guards would take down any statue that was Buddhist or not a communist. So they would take them all down, or they would burn down the temples, or they would destroy the ancient, beautiful uh, artwork that was there for centuries and replace it with something else. You saw that happening here. What did you think in Virginia as a Virginian when you saw the statue thing happening? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. I One of the hallmarks of uh, the Cultural Revolution um, is the uh, Red Guards tearing down statues. And in China, we don't have a lot of uh, statues in public uh, uh, places. There are many uh, in temples. So they are uh, um, destroy those uh, Buddhist uh, 
statues, burned down the, uh, or destroyed the temples. And uh, so that is part of the cancel culture. And what is the cancel culture? Here people think about cancel culture, they think about canceling people. It's uh, really not about people, it's about the ideas those people either hold or believed, right? The idea, what an idea they want to cancel. It's the tradition. Mm. In China, Mao said, um, four oats, we need to smash the four oats, like old stuff, like old, stuff, yeah. old tradition, old ideas, old habit, and old custom. That is the heritage of uh, the Chinese civilization. All need to be canceled. All need to be smashed. All need to be get rid of. Here, the same thing. What they are trying to cancel is the American funding, the tradition, and um, uh, the family, the mm. Christianity. Mm. Exactly same thing. Okay, so when I saw you know twenty twenty, actually it started before twenty twenty, the tearing down. But in in the twenty twenty, it, it just. Uh, it's it's so widespread, right? Yeah, it picked and, up. Uh, picked up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an absolute repeat, repeat of the cultural revolution. Another one the Red Guards did is change names of institutions, of streets, of public spaces. Well, came down here as well. And people, when people don't know history, they thought that was new. Nothing new. People, American people need to wake up. It happened. It happened. I mean, can you can you believe T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria, home of the Titans, they had changed the name to Alexandria City High School? I mean, what is wrong with these people? I mean, I, I don't understand it. And, and, that's and it, a, go ahead. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, I'm trying to do. They try to wipe out the history, the uh, foundation of this country, and wipe out the memory. Okay, so um, in my city, um, in China, um, we have like a traditional names for shopping district or for roads, whatever. One of the uh, busiest shopping center is called uh, Lu. It means uh, uh, spring, uh, spring Splendor. Mm. Beautiful name. Yeah, okay, change name to Anti-Imperialist District. What? And, and uh, yeah, the school... Names were changed into something like a Mother Don't Thought School or Red Guard School or Fighting School. They did wow. exactly what the um, social justice warriors did here. Yeah, it's almost so, like you know, it's it, uh, you know, if, if for those of you who know something about Chinese history, I mean, you know, the 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 whole uh, we don't have time today to talk about it, but it, it's almost as if they're acting like. The very people, the Communist Party in China reminds me of all these criticisms. Remember how they used to criticize the West for going to China and going, being in China and the fear of the West and letting letting the West come yeah. in. And it's like they're turning against their own people, like they're morphing into something completely different. Like they're like some big machine and maybe not even China. It's more important. The party is more important than China. At least that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. The patriotism in China is the love of the party. And then they, when they say patriotism, they mean love of the party. And love, they, so, uh, so, so, so say that again so people understand it. So it's not that you're proud to be like a patriotic Chinese. 
it's you're a proud socialist or communist party member. No, because uh, um, they hijacked CCP, hijacked China, and present themselves as the uh, the representative of China. They're not. But so if now if you are against CCP, you are hostile to China. If you criticize CCP, you don't love your own country. No. And that's the opposite of what we're doing here. Here, we patriotism, meaning terrorists, right? If yeah. you're a patriot, you, you're basically a terrorist or insurrectionist. They teach their children, the young people, to hate America. On the other side, they teach the uh, children and American and the Chinese people to love the country, but in act uh, in, in reality, they teach them to be loyal to the party, to the CCP, because CCP is China. That's why it's so important for people to say uh, CCP rather than China. The Chinese government uh, want you to do that. Want you to say you criticize China, this China, that. No, CCP separate this two. And uh, as a CCP virus, it's not China virus. It's CCP virus. I like that. I like that a lot. And this reminds me of something you talked about, another powerful symbol, another powerful image. Tell everybody what happened in downtown DC and Black Lives Matter Plaza. How is that right out of the Maoist playbook? Yeah. That we did all that during the Cultural Revolution, and I can uh, I I, uh, I assume that eventually they will say, "Huh, why do we have White House? We should change it into Black House." Wow! Oh God! <laughs> you think I mean, they go? Yeah. You know, you're right. You know that place is one block away. Maybe they'll just come out and say something like that. You know, I find it no coincidence, by the way that the church they tried to burn down was right a block away from Black Lives Matter Plaza. It is right there. And I, I went there not too long ago, and I was like, uh, well, that is a cultural revolution right here in America. And you, know, Trump, Trump, you know, Trump got in a lot of trouble because everybody thought, oh, my God, why is Trump walking over to that church to do what he was doing? But yeah. people forget the symbolism behind Black Lives Matter Plaza and what those criminals and terrorists were doing to Washington, D.C., because those people were dyed in the wool Marxists that were trouncing all over America. They almost burned down a church that had been there for a very, you know, and you know what's, you know, she, you know what's, you know what's crazy about this? The people of that church were defending the Black Lives Matter people. How, how, yeah. I mean, how I mean you, how, we really seriously, the, the most, most important thing that they want to destroy is Christianity because Christianity is the foundation of this republic. Mm. And uh, look at now, sadly, I don't know, half or more than half of the church are woke now. You mean the Christian churches? Yeah. There's a lot of that going around. You go to even in Virginia, you drive around some of the churches and they have all these signs out front and they talk about all this. Did that happen in China? Did they try and co-opt the churches? I know they did, but I want people oh, to hear the, from you. China is different. The religion was totally, totally destroyed. Mm. And uh, today, you know, 
there's underground church. That's but, right. Yeah. But they are in fear because uh, um, church communists cannot tolerate any religion because communism is a religion. Mm. It cannot allow any other religion to compete with itself. So it will destroy all religions. But in America, they are their goal is to destroy Christianity. They have been very successful. You know, it's um the I'm a Catholic and I'm a big admirer of Cardinal Zen. And Cardinal Zen, uh, who was jailed in China, he had a he has this quote that he it's it's it was reportedly given to the Holy Father in, in Rome, and he has said, Winter has passed and spring has come. The seeds you have sown with tears will bear fruit very soon. And, you know, Cardinal Zen's a very clever man. He, he He's paid a high price for it. And I do believe that it's happening here as well. I do believe the churches here, whether they're Catholic, evangelical, doesn't matter. All Christian denominations are under assault. Let's talk a little bit about the law, because they have used the law in America and the regulations and so-called democratic rule to incorporate themselves into our society. Would you agree that they have used the law to go after churches and Christians and other uh, believers and patriots? Yeah, because as I said, all our institutions have been infiltrated. Absolutely, absolutely. The government now is using its power to suppress our voices, to attack churches, to basically uh, uh, silence any oppositions. We are no longer a free country. And that is something that people have to really, really understand. I think that's a takeaway. We've been talking with Shiva and Fleet. One of the key takeaways from today's program is that we have entered a very dark phase in our nation's history. And whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, it doesn't really matter. You have to, you're an American first. You believe in the Constitution and the rule of law. Those institutions that are supposed to be there to defend the Constitution I believe, have failed the country. It have been for quite some time. This is nothing new, except that this is now coming to a head. And you've talked about, when you were on the Dan Bongino show um, earlier this year, I think, I heard you talk about, because Dan Bongino asked you about this, you know, what can we do? You know, Americans like to, we like to fix things. You know, a true American, a true patriot doesn't sit around and wait. We have to get active. What should we do? You just said now something very important. When Americans always talk about how can we help China, or how, in my case, how could you help Cuba? How can we help any country? It starts right here in America, folks. If we don't have our house in order, we cannot be going around the world to help other people with their problems. Because if America disappears off the face of the earth, there's not going to be anywhere to go. That's what my grandfather used to say. Yes, so, yes, so, that so, is so, so true. You know, my, my grandfather passed away, rest his soul. He was he lived well into his late you know, mid to late 90s. I forget the exact age at this point, but... That's what he always said to us. We have nowhere to go. He left Cuba, communist Cuba. He always say, forget about Cuba. Focus on America. You yes. can't lose this country. If you lose this country, we go nowhere. They win. We can't do that. So what do you tell people, She, uh, when people ask you, what what can we do? What, what can the average American do who's not involved in politics to get out yeah. and help and turn this around? I think the first step is to understand. They say you cannot 
um, if you don't even understand what you're fighting for or fighting against, you're not going to go anywhere. To understand that really we're fighting for the soul of this country, the survival of this republic. So uh, understand it and expose it. And that means uh, um, uh, really uh, spread the message and tell the people that you, uh, that you can talk to and get involved, get involved in uh, um, the Dan Bongino is how he got me involved is when I listened to his show, he said, join the local uh, Republic committee. And uh, that's how I got involved. And that's how I got involved in order to go to the school board. Otherwise I, I, I'm just by myself. Hmm. And uh, um, I guess that's, or do we, uh, uh, that's how we start. And I'll resist, resist. And then and sometimes it is difficult at, at work. Um, you, you're probably afraid that if you uh, um, challenge the narrative and uh, you may lose your job, but at least do not, uh, uh, at least resist with your silence, hey, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And people are so afraid. And I know that and I understand that. And I tell people, if you're afraid today to speak up because you might lose your job, the next time, and um, if you speak up, you may lose your freedom. Amen. And if we let it go on, and the next time you may want to speak up, you may lose your life. Amen. So we have to start now. Resist, resist, and resist. You know, we have during the um and we've been talking with shivan fleet out in loudon county virginia i think she is one of my favorite liberty warriors it's not the favorite liberty warrior we've had on the show in a very long time um telling us about her uh jumping into american civic life uh where it needs to happen folks you have to start somewhere do not look to washington for a solution that is that, that place is a dead city there's no soul mm -hmm. that is a dark dark place i spent a lot of time there the politicians, most of them are compromised. If you want to affect change, and by the way, that goes to Republicans and Democrats because both parties are just losing the will to fight for this country. It starts locally. It starts in your school boards. It starts yes. in your. It starts yeah. with in your in your county and local governments. It starts in your schools, in your supermarkets, in your church, in your homes. Talk workplace. to your every yeah workplace. Talk to your children. Yeah. Talk to your workmates. Don't be scared about talking about freedom. Americans are not scared about talking about freedom because if you don't talk about your freedom, you're going to forget it. And if you forget it, like she's, like, like she's saying, it may be too late. And I believe Americans don't give up. We are fighting people. One thing, the pandemic and the CCP virus, uh, I think we're grateful for is there's been a big reawakening. You know, families realize what freedom's all about. Yes. Do you think you think we would have discovered the CRT penetration during, if it were not for the CCP locked, uh, virus lockdowns? I mean, do you think that contributed to it? I think that contributed to it, but I think it's really Trump. <laughs> because... so, 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 you, so you think it was the way he managed the whole thing and he just pushed the issue and pushed the issue? Yes, and I think they, they really got, uh, I think they just reacted and uh, in such panic that they really push it too hard. And now it's come to the surface for everyone to see. And uh, so I think it's a blessing. Why do, you think, why do you think they're so hostile to leaders like Trump that speak so plainly? Because Trump is the one that exposed them. 
And it, it, that's what I do now. I expose them too, because they need to be exposed before. And they were able to do it kind of a, a, um, um, under the radar of most people. And most people was not paying enough attention, just like the pandemic. This, um, the, the parents did not know really what's been taught to their school, right? to their kids. Until now, they, they could see it through the Zoom that they were their children were being indoctrinated. So now it's in the surface. Now we can see. Now they, they come to the point they don't even care on the on the other side. They just push it, push it through our um uh, through our throat. So I do think it is a blessing. So now we more people are waking up. When more people are waking up, more people will fight. Well, you know, I, I to me it's a heart heart. You know, it's it's heartening to see. A victim of communism. I don't, I don't really like that word, victim of communism, because even though there's a museum in in D.C. that's named that way, but I think you 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 are champions of freedom because you came out of that system and you came to this beautiful country, this great country, and that you now have to jump into this battle again. But you're doing it bravely. You're doing it out front for everybody to see contributing that you know you don't have to be doing this you could be doing anything else you want right now with your life but you're choosing to do this to expose yourself folks listen to what she has to say listen to her story listen to her speeches reach out to her motivate yourselves get engaged i mean we don't need another generation of americans not knowing what this was like we have a whole generation of americans who have no idea what the cold war was about all the sacrifices that were made uh people like she and her family who who came here looking for a better life and got it. And then this is happening. And uh, I hope this program has been a, a partial reawakening that will encourage you to go in there and read and learn and, and get involved. You have to stay active. It's not enough to read or post things on Facebook, even though that's important, you can do that, but you have to get out there and talk to your community. So she, do you have anything else to share with our listeners before we wrap up? I think we talk um, longer than we planned, right? I, think it's, <laughs> it's <good. laughs> I, I, I could keep going, but it, it was... I know, that, me too, me too. I thank you so much for joining us. I, I enjoyed the conversation. We look forward to having you again. And as always, this is Jason with the Global Liberty Alliance, Liberty Warriors. Stay active, stay educated, stay engaged. Thank you very much, Shi. Thank you, Jason. Uh -huh.